This is the real action, the pot party. The trippers, the grasshoppers, the hip ones, all gathered in secrecy and flying high as a kite. Outside the boundaries of their phony world of kicks is the ever-present possibility of discovery. This must be avoided at all costs, for discovery brings with it the penalties of society. Shame, arrest, prison. So destroy the evidence, leave not a trace, burn it in paper trash. That way they can deny possessing the illegal marijuana. They can say the flaming can is part of a game. They can lie, they can swear. This time the gang's lucky. It's not the law, or discovery, or problems. It's just their supplier, Pete, with his number one chick, and a new guy looking for kicks. Forget it, man, and get with the countdown. Shake this square world and blast off for Kicksville. You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Share a Slice. So um, on this show, I have the pleasure of having on Craig X. Um, Craig is on Pot TV. He's also on the Cannabis Life Network. And he's going to be talking to us and with us a little bit about cannabis laws um, here in Canada and a little bit abroad. And uh, he's going to be talking about legalization because, of course, um, well, actually, for our non-Canadian listeners, um, our Prime Minister, Prime Minister Trudeau, is planning on um, making pot legal in this country. And uh, Craig has some interesting and perhaps to some surprising opinions about this. Um, it all comes down to exactly what kind of pot we're talking about here that's going to be legalized in the country. So um, it's worth a listen. Um, during the entire interview, Craig will be partaking of some of his finest uh, Mary Jane. So yeah, um, so that'll be interesting as well. And uh, yeah, um, what else? Let's see. Um, I guess that's about it, really. Um, so join me now for an interview with Craig X from Pot TV, uh, his show called Expert Joints, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll learn all about the situation here in Canada and a little bit about uh, cannabis as well. So join me now for Craig from British Columbia. So just a little background about you, Craig. You're the host of Expert Joints over on Pot TV, and you'll find that at pot.tv, but you also have a website here, expertjoints.com as well. And that's right. This is all about, I mean, it's all about, you know, uh, pot. It's all about cannabis. Uh, and uh, hence the part on, uh, on uh, you know, uh, Pot TV. And it's sort of just a, it's an interview show where you bring on guests and you talk about current topics and all about cannabis culture. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, you can think of it as uh, the show is called Expert Joints Live. And it is a model after a late night talk show, if you, if you will. Uh, if you've watched any of the Tonight Shows or Letterman's or any of that, very familiar guests who come in for interviews, talk about new products, talk about new music, new shows, whatever is going on in the culture of cannabis and and or slightly related to, as well as some news, some updates, a couple other various different segments along the way. 
we uh, we try and bring you the most entertaining program we can. Yeah, actually, I saw a few uh, few episodes. There was one. Uh, I can't remember. I, I I saw a couple of guests there. Uh, they were talking about their products, as you say. Um, uh, I mean, uh, tell me a little bit, of, I guess, about yourself. We'll go back into the cannabis culture later. I, I'm interested. Um, how did you get into uh, doing media for you know advocating cannabis culture, cannabis using cannabis, uh, and how did you? I mean, how did you get? What was your trajectory towards that? Because that's like, that's like a very specific thing, and some might even see it as being almost like a, a kind of an activist kind of role. Because you're going there and you're saying, "Yo, uh, I smoke and it's good, and uh, I want to sort of tell the world about it." How, how did you get into that? Well, I worked a square job for many, many years that I was really good at, but wasn't very good for me. And a little over four years ago, well, closer to five at this point, I got to the point where I was not going to continue doing the uh, insanity again over and over and over, trying to find a different result. So I sat back and took some time off and slept a little while and then made my priority list of what was important to me, what hobbies and interests are, what skill set it was. And as I'm writing the list, I'm smoking a joint. And I look back at the easiest, most natural thing that I've I've done and I'm really good at. I, I had a strong theatrical background as a child, a lot of performing arts and all the way from basically grade two uh, right through high school, university. I was you know, hosting all the pageants and in all the plays. And my favorite class was improv and calling university basketball games in high school. But I never really followed that up because you know, you go get a job, you become the manager somewhere, you don't chase anything so um, aloof as as the music and entertainment industry or anything like that. So I uh, did that for about 20 years and was very good and had a lot of success and ran a bunch of big events for a bunch of big companies. But after a while, I got to the point where I just wasn't doing it anymore. It wasn't going to happen. And I thought, well, how can I use my at that point, about 25 years of cannabis experience and knowledge in a, in a way that might be a little more useful. Started with a couple of joint rolling tutorials, launched the uh, expertjoints.com website, got the social media up, and basically we're trying to offer a lighthearted look at the lifted lifestyle, if you will, and try to give a voice to experts and producers, products, company, people, patients, folks from across the industry. And as we started with a few tutorials, some of those started to gain some traction. Next thing you know, a couple of interviews came along and people said, wow, you're really quite good at these interviews. And I really like how you do them. This is what's starting to resonate with people. And from there, it kind of just took off. I got to the point where I didn't have enough content one day uh, video wise. So I tried to figure what the easiest thing I could think of that would be simpler than trying to film something, get it edited and get it a month later. Well, I'll just do a podcast or a video, live video show. It can't be that hard. And I started doing that in my living room for about six months, where about six months after that, I went over to Pot TV, did the show there for about a year and a half. Um, and then after that point, got my, as this things evolved and continue to grow and progress, I now have my own studio here, Studio 710, where I've been broadcasting from since last October. And the how and the why, it's basically, I... I saw a lack of high quality 
well put together programming and videos and tutorials out there that I felt could use a better angle. I also felt there was a spot in the media for particular type of host and this information need to get out there. To me, I don't see myself as an activist, but some people tag me as that. I consider myself a host, an entertainer, a media presenter, much before any of that. I will, I will take by default the activist title. And my way of doing it, rather than marching down the street with the signs and the drums and holding up traffic and, and, and protesting out in the streets, my way is to show people, hey, look at this new product that you didn't know about. Maybe this product or service or experience that someone else is having will go ahead and help you with what you've been suffering from. Maybe it will resonate with you. And I've found that the philosophy of once you open Pandora's box, you can't really put anything back in it again. If you try and say, hey, join our cause, little old lady who hasn't smoked cannabis in forever or a million years or whatever, they don't really care. But suddenly you tell them that, look, this one cream can replace those four pills you were on. Or you take this one little cannabis concoction of some sort, some couple drops of tincture, and you don't have to take those pills and you'll feel better than you ever have. And, and on and on and on. And they start to go, oh, well, I, I like that cream. And yeah, it makes my ankle feel better. And no, you can't take my cream away from me now. If people aren't invested in it, what are they going to fight for it? I mean, legalization, quote unquote, is coming. And some people think that it's no big deal. Everything's just going to be fine from there. Well, those of us in the know know that it's not going to be fine from there. And it's really stronger and harsher prohibition. And what we need is more and more people to join in the fight and be willing to stand up to say, hey, you can't take that away from me. And I want that. And that works for me. And as people get to share their experience and get attached and exposed to cannabis and see how wonderful of a product that it is, they get rid of a lot of the stigmas and a lot of stereotypes and a lot of those bad vibes and, and pre-misconceptions that they had uh, previously before trying it. My whole philosophy is the more you know, put it out there, let people make the decision for themselves. And in a lot of cases, a lot of people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, what, what do you mean by like prohibition? Because it's true, like for our American listeners um, here in Canada, uh, sometime eventually, probably, maybe, Justin Trudeau says that uh, legalization will occur. And uh, I mean, that to me, that's different than decriminalizing. That legalization is like one step further. And, and I've got some reservations about that versus just decriminalizing. Um, I mean, are you saying that when the government gets involved or, and legalizes this, it could affect people's... Um, uh, access to marijuana or could increase the, the the stranglehold on things? Oh, absolutely. They're not really legalizing cannabis for everybody. What they're doing is they're more tightly and stricter controlling cannabis than it ever has. They're going to make it more illegal and more regulated than ever before. And really, it's just basically an opportunity for Justin Trudeau and his friends to monopolize the industry. The cannabis producers, the craft market, the growers, the people who built this for 30, 40 years are being forced out of the marketplace. And all those people who are being allowed in are the big business, the multi-million dollar mm -hmm. licensed producers that are producing substandard products that are producing uh, a not a wide enough variety of products for people to be able to consume. 
They're also treating them with various chemicals and pesticides, trying to get to zero microbial levels, which have already uh, involved uh, recalls and class action lawsuits. They are they are touting it as legalization, but really all they're doing is they're saying, look, if you buy this bud from one of these 50, 100 approved vendors who are giving us a bunch of tax money and who have paid all into the system and we've got barcodes and tracking it. And if you want that, then fine, that will be legal. But going forward than that, if you don't have it from this particular package and we don't have the barcode on your nugget of weed to show that it came from one of the approved sources and perhaps it came from what they call the gray market or, or, or a friend who might have been growing it, but you're not authorized for that. You could actually be punished more severely and harsher than for than ever before. They're now looking at up to 14 years for possession and distribution and the sale of cannabis. Uh, the driving regulations that they're trying to come in, the civil liberties that are being infringed on. It's actually making it a lot worse for not just people consuming cannabis, but in some ways they're tightening it up across cigarettes or tightening them across alcohol, all these things. And what's so crazy is it's really it's just an opportunity to create more police forces to control it more if you want and, and it won't get rid of the black market because they're not serving the demand of the public they're giving lousy products and not a wide enough variety of products at too high a price to a limited number of people for people to buy into it you don't want to have ash that burns black and joints that you got to keep lighting over and over and makes your mouth tingle and burn and numb and your lips burn that's actually poison. That's what will kill you. And what's going to happen is this mass-produced government weed is eventually going to start poisoning people. And it's going to try and force out the people who built this industry and actually grow good products. The government is not concerned with serving the cannabis community and assisting patients. All they're doing is they're trying to find out, okay, how can we make money off of this? Yeah. And I mean, this is a narrative that I don't think I've I've really heard at this point. I've I've heard only sort of like, oh wow, we're all going to get to to smoke our our pot, uh, you know, legally. There's going to be not a problem. But I guess what you're saying is that you're going to get to smoke pot, but you're going to get someone else choosing where that pot come from, comes from, how that pot is grown, who grows that pot, what kinds of pot that is. Um, and so that's also how much you'll be able to grow, how much you'll be able to consume, right. the THC limits they're trying to talk on. They also won't let you see it ahead of time, won't let you touch it, smell it, look at it. You're going to have to buy plain clothes, non transparent packaging from every store. Every store that they're talking about, well, yeah, there's going to be private uh, red vendors and, and uh, also public vendors or government run weed stores in some places. All of it is going to come from the exact same people, so it's not going to matter where you're going. You're, and no disrespect to anybody, but you're going to go buy some Molson's, and you're going to go buy some Budweiser, and you're going to go buy some Labatt's, and you're going to get the same generic stuff from everybody. Everybody who likes a craft beer, or a small name label, a little micro brew, if you want to equate it to the beer, is screwed. There will be none of that. And really, you get into it, there will barely be enough products to service anybody. They will be inferior products. And they won't be they won't be to the point where there's any variety anywhere. You will go to the it'll be like going to 7-Eleven and buying a bag of Doritos. They'll say you got nacho, you got ranch, you got spice, extra spicy. And that's all you're going to get. And people are not going to stand for that in time. 
Yeah, that's interesting because if you use the alcohol analogy, it just all falls apart when you're looking at this because, I mean, obviously people, you know, you go and you get your bud, you get your whatever. If you're you're in university, you get your crazy Colt 45 or whatever, so you can get wasted. But when it comes to like people who know stuff, um, you know, you want to be able to get something from someone who is is a master at this, uh, maybe a smaller label or something. And uh, I mean, I... I guess that's the difference between legalization versus non-criminalization. So, I mean, if they just say, yo, uh, weed isn't illegal anymore, right? No problem. And then, and then if people, and then you say, but, you know, uh, I don't know, they come up with something for driving or something like you can't drive with such and such. I don't know how they figure that out, whatever. Well, they, they, that's, um, that's almost an impossible thing to figure out on its own because it's unlike alcohol, which there's like a standard effect on most people per size and per volume. Right. And per, cannabis affects a, a lot of people very differently. I know some people who are very experienced drivers and very new to cannabis and should be nowhere behind the wheel. I know people who are very experienced with cannabis and are not very good behind the wheel in the first place. It should not combine them. But I also know a lot of people who smoked weed a long, long time and have been driving a long, long time. And I'm not going to say necessarily on public radio that I am one of them. But if you watch my show, and especially if you watch season one, season two, where I was hosting the show and technically running the show and rolling the joints and doing the interview and monitoring four computers at the same time and the audio. I, I, in theory, based on what is considered to be a field sobriety test, could pass the test as administered while I'm smoking a joint. The only thing is the blood sample that I would give or the saliva sample that they're proposing that I would have to give would show trace nanograms of cannabis in your system. And that's the thing. You could put a topical on. You could have smoked a bunch of weed three, four days ago and still have a few nanograms right. in your system. Walking down Granville Street on a Friday night, Ross Reblegatti, the 1998 gold medal snowboard winner here in Canada, he maintains to this day, and I know the guy, that he did not actually smoke in the buildup before a competition. But he was at a party and he was at a going away festival event and it was and it's part of the snowboard culture and just being around and some second hail inhaling from days before was still enough to be trace elements in his system. Now, you're going to be able to tell me that I put some THC cream on my knee that takes the little bit of pain away that two days later I won't be able to drive from that. It's not feasible. It's not like it's not actual realistic. And then there's the whole uh, how they're going to be commanding samples and stuff. You know, you've, you've got to be able to show some level of impairment. Or they've got to be able to smell alcohol or any of that stuff. Now, at this point, the way the, the laws are basically being written, I could have a, a weed leaf on my shirt and the guy would be like, hey, uh, uh, you haven't been smoking cannabis, have you? Well, let me go ahead and check. And if you have the slightest little bit in you, you're looking at three month bans immediate. Yeah, that, that's and it's just, just it's not going to work. Yeah, right? yeah. And I've, I've talked to a, a bunch of lawyers who are that, amongst other things, already waiting for the challenges to happen. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's definitely not going to work at all. And I mean, what are the laws just to change things a bit? I guess what are the laws right now? I mean, uh, uh, what's uh, wh I mean, obviously, you're screwed if you want to go down to the states. I guess you want to be real careful now and also after this law goes into effect. But uh, 
what about, I mean, within Canada? I mean, uh, can you still get caught and and screwed over right now until this law has been passed? Oh, absolutely. If you have medical, if you have permission from your medical provider, you can carry up to 150 grams mm -hmm. that are issued by one of the currently licensed producers. Right. Also, um, although not federally recognized, a lot of municipalities, or at least some, like Vancouver and, and Victoria, have gone ahead and authorized certain levels of dis a number of dispensaries in their municipalities to be able to sell products to people. Now, you happen to get stopped with a police officer and showing that I have my card from Joe Blow's cannabis dispensary, then they may or may not take that. Uh, but if you have it, well, here's my doctor's note and here's my prescription that I ordered from one of the LPs, they can't mess with you. But depending on when you want to look at it, Judge Allard says that in the, in the big decision from a couple of years back, that you're constitutionally allowed access to medical cannabis and that you do have the right to grow it and that it's not dangerous and that it is can be can be safely done. So you want to get into it and you want to fight fight for it. You if you can get your doctor to sign off on it, you can have whatever they prescribe. But recreationally, people are still being arrested and charged with it. Again, that depends a whole lot where you are. Vancouver is a city for a number of years has had a much more lenient policy to the con consumption and possession of cannabis in small amounts. You got a dump truck full, or you walking down the street slapping little kids in the face with sacks of weed, you know, you're going to get in shit for it. But if you're smoking a joint out on the street corner, or the cops here catch you with a couple grams in their pocket, nine times out of ten, unless you have anything else going on, you're not going to end up in too much trouble for it. But there's a lot of towns in the rest of this country and around the world that are still uh, very, very prohibitive to that. A gram in your pocket or a joint in your hand will send you to jail. And that's absolutely preposterous because we're already starting to see a lot of courts throw this out. How do you know that uh, this joint isn't from a licensed producer, that I just didn't have my big fancy packaging with me? And the, the, the tie up of the paperwork trying to figure these things out. And then going forward, we'll all be allowed to grow four plants. Well, how do you know that's my plant versus this plant? I can grow it, but I can't pass it to you. The minute I pass it to you, that will be trafficking. But for right now, everybody who's got a medicinal license can grow. But going forward, everyone will be able to grow. But how are you going to say that's mine versus someone else? And then you have to register your grows and they can't be visible by, uh, by people from through other windows. And tenant boards and condo boards are going to be able to tell apartments which ones can and can't actually grow. And it's, it's going to get to the point where it's so impossible to tell. And even if you do buy your clones from one of the LP and have your little barcode and your genetic markers in it, by the time with the testing and the processing and the court processing that'll go along with that, it's absolutely impossible to be able to clearly define what will be and won't be legal going forward. And the day that, that legalization is touted, the charter challenges will begin the second day. To me, you want real legalization? Let people grow it wherever they want it. Let people smoke it where, within reason, anywhere else that you can smoke cigarettes or anything like that. Treat it the same way as, as any other product. You want to make it to the point where people aren't interested in taking it. There's not a huge demand. There's not a big like black market for lettuce and tomatoes around here. You can grow lettuce and tomatoes in your backyard if you want to, but the vast majority of us don't grow lettuce and tomatoes. We go to the store to buy them. 
the vast majority of people will not only not grow cannabis, they won't grow very much of it and they won't grow it very well. So most people will still continue to go to a store or find a place that has good, reputable products that they want. If you want the black market to proliferate, don't give people access to the products they need, charge too much for it and make it hard to get. The more we take the, the stigmas out of cannabis and separate any of the, the misconceptions from it, the better it is and the more the the quicker it will be less of a of a hot commodity it will be less of a problem to society if it wouldn't have been falsely branded illegal a hundred years ago or so we wouldn't be in this problem in the first place cannabis is not illegal because it's bad for you cannabis is illegal because of greed greed and racism and those are the only two reasons yeah when it- our body has go ahead yeah, when, when when it comes to the the greed and the racism, I mean, uh, uh, obviously, if you've got uh, a a paper industry, and it turns out that uh, you know uh, hemp, for instance, is uh, is currently being used, uh, if you can find a way to stop hemp for hemp from being used and force people to use paper for products, that's one good way to do it. And another good way is uh, you know if you could. Yeah, plastics, and and if you if you can say those those Mexicans down there uh, brought their horrible drug called marijuana up. Oh, and don't forget that it makes uh, that that it could potentially make a darkie feel uh, equal to a white person, and that it might make a white woman want to go have sex with a Negro. Yeah, dun, yeah. Dun dun Like the asinine. It's all about political control, and that's still what this is now. And that's why we're calling it Prohibition 2.0. It's not actual legalization. It's just more tightly controlled. You look at it, even in the states that have legalized black arrests, Latino arrests, non-white arrests where cannabis crimes are just as high, if not high as ever. White crimes in the tank. And it's always been that way. It was always about protecting paper, plastic, and fuel and the interest of a small number of people. That's yeah. all it's ever been about. That and straight out-and-out racism. You have an endocannabinoid system in your body that has been designed to function better and in harmony with cannabis. Every living being on the planet, I think, besides insects, has an endocannabinoid system in it. You have cannabinoid receptors in you. Things like chocolate, things like sex, things like certain other have similar triggers in you that release particular endorphins but cannabis is like nothing else on earth and the healing properties of it the preventative maintenance properties of it the the it's been so built up as such a bad thing and people are so worried about what's going to happen you want to see what happens not very much you look at you look at colorado you look at washington you look at these places you see a little small spike in usage for a while a little bit maybe in 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 arrests or teen use or or what are all these things that they flag or like the oh it'll be so bad and then afterwards it actually once the hype dies down and people get over the novelty of it then it just goes back down into a situation where it's probably less consumed before or right about the same as it was it's not going to suddenly turn into a bunch of fucking zombies walking around the streets you can go you can go buy all the liquor you want but not all of us do. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, it, it's not like the movie reefer madness. I mean, you're not going to, you're going to have a whole bunch of like, I don't know, horny rapist, uh, dark zombies, uh, all over the place, uh, trying to get your daughters or whatever the heck, uh, 
is going on. Speaking of healing weed, though, actually, uh, uh, previously on this show, I had um, uh, Sister Kate from uh, the uh, Sisters of the Valley, and they're mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. they're actually a the group weed nuns. Of, yeah, they're they're the weed nuns. She's great. Yeah, she, she's a big Bernie fan. It's too bad what happened there, but anyway uh and just to, for some of our listeners because uh, i'll admit that i'm not exactly really up on a lot of this stuff but uh, uh she spoke about thc and cbd so the cbd yes. that's what you're that's the cannabinoid cannabinoid right and the well, th- can sort you of sort of explain like how weed works <clears throat> Sure. Basically, there's like a whole bunch of chemicals and properties and compounds that get together to make cannabis, just like we're all made with different little parts and different little elements. Same sort of thing. There's THC, there's CBD, THCA, CBG, CBN, CBV, THCV, la la la. They've they've identified over 100, but there's more likely more than 200 active compounds that are in cannabis. The ones that get the biggest and the most shine are THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, Cannabinol, cannabidiol, whatever. Um, a lot of people pronounce it slightly different, but THC, the one that gets the most, and that's the one or one of the ones typically that, quote, gets you high or gets you the stone feeling or can leave you in an altered state, as my mom calls it. Makes me feel loopy. That's the one that you take mostly for pain management. You take for, you know, calming with anxieties, type things like that. That's the one that, that people have the biggest problem with in the way of, of people consuming it's the fact that the thc is going to make it where i i'm impaired now in a lot of cases the thc is what actually helps part of the healing and can actually you know get people to the point where they can sleep and there's a lot of important parts of it plus also it's also the biggest component and the number one the largest compound that you find in cannabis from there the next one that gets the most shine is cbd cannabidiol or cannabidiol if you can't pronounce it and that is the one that that you see on the sanjay guptas on cnn where they give it to little charlotte and so and so and this person that one and they got the cbd that oh it helps with my with my with my seizures i yeah. take this high cbd strain and i cured them and, and the kids cured or close to or something like that that's a, it's not a thing that they actually are but you know what i'm saying that's the ones where that's the one that gets the biggest hype now, there's all these other components in there. And then there's these lovely little things called terpenes. And terpenes are kind of what give cannabis its different flavors, its different tastes, its different its different uh, smells, and, and the different unique experiences. And is it because just like, you know, you've got like different little blood vessels or you've got different little nerve endings or different smells or different little tal- uh, things in your, your uh, taste buds, You've got these little cannabinoid receptors that are all around, just always looking for it. And out of the dozens of different types of terpenes out there, a dozen or so being the most prominent, they trigger different uh, effects in you. Much like aromatherapy, where you smell, I smell peppermint, or I smell lavender, or I do, do this. And it's, it's got that, oh, well, yes, that gives you a calming effect, or that'll make you hungry, or that'll heal. There's a gentleman up here by the name of John Burfello, John B, Johnny B, also on Pot TV. You can check him out, 420 Weedmaster on Instagram. He broke his neck a long time back. He was in the hospital getting some surgery a while back, a couple years ago, trying to get himself all fixed up. And he's in there, not able to really consume cannabis, but he's trying to get some relief. And they put jars of terpenes under his nose. And no, no, no. 
And finally, he just sniffed one. And all of a sudden, he's like, my pain instantly went away. It's really that activates the little nerve, the little trigger, sends a little signal to something in your brain that calms down whatever was bothering you before. But the things like that CBD can do help with the inflammation, can help with anxiety, can help with calming, can help with seizure. There's the THCVs and the CBNs and CBGs. They've all got their little bits and pieces. But what terpenes work different a little bit with other people as well. That's what makes cannabis so difficult to classify generically amongst other people. Because even to that effect, you're starting to see a lot of isolation now. Well, we're taking the THC out. This is a 99.9% isolate, which is cool. You know what? And honestly, if that's all you can get and that's your, take it, enjoy it. I get my, I've got my mom on 99%, 99 99.9% CBD isolate, some of the best in the world. I've got her dabbing that every day to the best that I can and sprays and tinctures and all sorts of stuff like that. They got the old man on it as well too. And she's like, I don't know. I, maybe it's coincidence, but I haven't felt very bad in a while and it's cool. But what they call another thing that's a buzzword that comes out too is the entourage effect or the whole plant effect. Just like mm, what happens in cannabis here or in other kinds of medicine, you know, sometimes you need, well, or, or in cooking, if you just take chicken and put some pepper on, it's going to taste like chicken and pepper. Yeah. But if you, if you put a little salt on there, you put a little dill on there, you put a little, right, whatever, a little seasoning, and suddenly you've got a mix and a variety of flavors and it tastes different to you. And it's a little bit different experience. Having the CBD on its own, great. Having terpenes on their own, that's a really flavorful experience. Having THC just on its own, they all give you a bit of a reaction. But the thing is, is because you have the cannabinoid receptors in there and your whole system is ready for it, has been brought up on it for so long. And that's why there's so much inflammation, so much cancer in the world right now, because there's, you don't, we don't, we have this part missing from our diet from the last hundred years. But the entourage effect and the whole plant theory, and it's not, I'll back it. And so a lot of other experts, you need just the slightest, a little bit of the THC to help open up that receptor so that, hey, now it's like, uh, there I am, triggers that a little bit, opens it up and allows it then to further absorb that like other 90 some percent of CBD. Whereas you have a, a hit of, uh, do like a dab of just tra straight THC or THCA, it'll give you kind of a cerebral kind of rush, but you put a little CBD in there, you add a little terp back into it and you get to the point where suddenly you're like, whoa, I got fucking stoned off that. Excuse me for swearing, I don't know if that's okay, but, that's cool. but you get it. It's very, very important that people don't focus and start to take out all these other compounds because we don't understand the exact relationship of these 200 particular cannabinoids in there. And it's very much a case where having just a little bit of this and a lot of that is okay. Or you need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Everybody's going to have their own reason and their own blend and their own receptors and their own system. It's like, you know, some people respond better to other drugs or other uh, other pharm pharmaceuticals or like particular wines or, or foods or everybody's different. And the same thing with this. What will work for nine people out of 10 who walk in the dispensary say, oh, yeah, that was great. It put me to sleep or it cured my thing. One other person will bring it back and be like, oh, that wasn't for me, man. I hate it. It was the worst thing I ever had. Right. And there's this whole stigma about sativas and indicas and it's even though that's all false. So much knowledge out there really gets to the point where don't isolate yourself from everything else and just focus on one. 
make sure you get a little bit of everything and, and check out more about the whole plant effect and the entourage effect as opposed to just straight isolates because really your body needs a little bit of everything. You don't need enough THC to get you stoned. You can do high CBD dabs or take concentrates that, but you should have a small little percentage just to open up those receptors enough to get more out of it. It's like certain vitamins, you know, you only get so much absorption out of the cheap ones. And then you got the expensive ones that you absorb better because they break down better because they're activated a little differently. It's a similar sort of philosophy to that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think that, you know, cooking works that way too. I mean, you don't just take a, a piece of chicken and gnaw on it. The entire, the entire course, sorry, the entire plate of food, the whole point of cooking is to give you an experience with all these different combinations. And also, I mean, those different parts of the, of the plant, I mean, one, I mean, one segment might be kind of there offsetting or taking the edge off something else. And it's like a balance where, you know, you're, you as you say, you take the CBD and that opens you up to other things. So there's like a natural balance there and you're dis you could be disrupting that, I guess, if you take just one thing versus another thing, it could be kind of harsh, you know, if you just take one thing versus another thing. Well, you can find the efficacy can change quite a bit. There's people who, who take just like an isolated oil versus like a whole plant oil. Typically, although they may still respond to it, have great results, <clears throat> might not respond as well or as much or as quickly as somebody who has a little bit of everything in there, even though it's still heavily they focused on the CBD. Um, <clears throat> it's it's a yeah, it's like you can't just eat protein or you can't just eat oranges to get just your chicken or or, or, or your protein or sorry, just your vitamin C. You, you get to the point where you need like a balanced meal and a balanced diet and you need certain particular vitamins and minerals and, and components to fuel your body. And it's the same mix with cannabis. I mean, because you, you want to treat some inflammation, but you want to treat some sleep and you want to treat a little bit of pain and, and the preventative maintenance of just the overall anxiety and working as anti-inflammatory and, and it can all do it and you can do it great and it can do it without messing you up. If you understand that there is the right product in the right dosage at the right time for everyone. But you sometimes it takes a while to figure out what that is and to learn your way across. And that's why people who've built this industry and are running it now are so important to the success of it going future, going forward in the future. If somebody is a bad clothing company or a bad restaurant, guess what? They go out of business because no one bought their clothes or no one liked their food. And you can't force this shitty product down people's throats and expect them to eventually not find out what good products are and then say, well, I don't want these bad products now. Now I want this good product. Yeah. And, and actually I want to kind of visit again. I mean, when you're talking, you were talking before about like the healing properties of, uh, of, uh, cannabis. Um, also, you know, uh, I, you know, I've been listening to a little Duncan Trussell and all their stuff. They're not really into cannabis so much as into, you know, psychedelics in general um is there any over like is there any overlap between the uh the cannabis culture and sort of the psychological the psychedelic culture i mean do some people you know get like spiritual trips out of it or do they they have sort of a you know a spiritual link to this plant or revere it spiritually well i definitely think there are particular people who worship the plant and some people who have some incredibly deep histories and some deep roots that go back with it and honestly I've Mary Jane and I have been dating for 29 years now. 
uh, I love her more than I love just about anything else. And uh, we have a strong relationship and it's led me to where I am right now and to talking to you. And there's a lot of other people who have had some incredible journeys with this plant. And, and there is a culture around it that unites us and brings us together. And once you understand the weed culture, you understand that sometimes weed just works in funny ways and makes things happen that you didn't know or plan to happen, but it wants to have happen and it does. And so to me, yeah, there is certain, some level of connection with nature or the plant or whatever. I'm not going to say that I'm right, that I'm wrong, that other people who have had their own experiences, some people will take it a lot deeper. As far as other psychedelics and stuff, you know, there is a, a talk these days of uh, quite a bit more of psilocybin, aka mushrooms, and microdosing of that being very good for you. DMT is getting a lot of hype right now. There's all sorts of different, more natural uh, products out there that, that, you know, peyotes and all this sort of stuff. There's it's actually been in the back of the cannabis culture location on Hastings for years, a place called the Urban Shaman. And you can go in there and get salvias and all kinds of different weird leaves and roots and all sorts of shit to, to take you wherever you want to go. And some people from the culture, yeah, they enjoy that too. Other people from the culture also like beer and, and wine and spirits. Some people from the culture also like all kinds of other hard drugs, cocaines and acids and LSDs and heroines. And, sure, but a lot of other people who like those drugs do and don't like cannabis. And then there's a ton of people who are in the, who are in it, who don't fuck with anything else. They don't drink. They don't take pills. They don't do any other drugs. They, they don't even consider cannabis a drug. They consider it a medicine or a vitamin or a plant. Like it, everybody who I know who smokes cannabis has, you know, has a story about, oh, something that they've, you know, they've done or yeah, I've tried this or I've been offered this or I could, but when people call cannabis something like a gateway drug, and obviously you didn't there, but it's funny. It's a gateway to pizza and cheeseburgers <laughs> and good times and long life and happy health. I can, I, can, I can go get all the beer and all the liquor I want and make all the bad decisions from that. No problem. In several places, just a couple blocks from where I am. I, I can literally kill myself eating too much cheeseburgers at any of the restaurants or something downstairs as well, too. Like, it's very easy what is good and what is bad for you and what long term should or shouldn't be, you know, consumed or or dictated what we we shouldn't have. But but to me, when it comes down to it, I think any I know a lot of people who are like, nah, man, I don't I don't smoke weed, man. No, that's not for me. I do coke or I drink beer or I I fucking obsess on god knows what for all kind of shit there's so many people on opiates around right now there's so many people on crack and methamphetamine and all this crap that we see just a few blocks down the street down on the downtown east side one of the most troubled areas in the country the, the poorest postal code in the in the country is 10 or 12 blocks from where i'm standing right now and three or four blocks from cannabis culture Yet you turn the corner and you get into these places that are worth millions and millions of dollars. And are they really? Well, that's what they're selling for. It's it's very much a city and a place where you can get anything and you can do what you want. And and I know the people who have more problems in my life that I see around have harder problems with other drugs and other alcohols and other problems in their life than cannabis. The people who I know who consume primarily cannabis and they they focus on that in their lives. Most of them enjoy their lives, don't have that many bigger problems, are in reasonably good health. Like that's more the model that I see as a as a consensus. There are some people that are, you know, who who are gonna take any extreme anywhere, 
And that's perfectly fine. I, I not to, to judge anyone for myself. I have done some other drugs, not because I smoked weed, but because they were presented to me and I decided whether yes or no, I wanted to try them. And nothing to do with with that because of. Although maybe if you've tried one thing and had something that you liked before, like a lot of people find when cannabis, they smoke and go, oh, my God, the walls aren't melting and I didn't turn into the devil and I don't want to jump off the balcony or kill people. Or all I want to do is is just sit here and enjoy my life and laugh and be f happy and eat some stuff and listen to jazz music and, and, and do do all this stuff they said I wouldn't want to do. They lied to me. Some people be like, well, maybe what else did they lie to me about? And they find some other other things that might take them in another way. That's their own deal. What I can say about things like mushrooms and stuff like DMT, there are starting to be some more studies done on that kind of stuff. And Joe Rogan is more who you want to talk to on a podcast than me about that. But but who are starting to show that, you know, uh, the reparative and the restorative uh, functionality in brain tissue and and the healing uh, from things like injuries because of microdosing of stuff like mushrooms. And the way that, that DMT and some of these other uh, experiences can take you uh, psychic, uh, psychologically, some people say it's like going to another world and it opens up their minds to all kinds of different ways of thinking and patterns. Hey, for some people, it also sends them puking over the toilet and sitting in the corner wanting it to be all be over and just want to go home. Like there's a balance and a ratio of, of how much you should and shouldn't have. And that's on you and the experience you're trying to do. I, I would never say that that anything other than cannabis is virtually harmless because we've seen the history of years and years where no one's ever been hurt or, or injured or can, you know, died from cannabis. The only people who've been hurt or injured or suffered is the people who've been arrested for cannabis. So, yeah. uh, right. I, I think that honestly, it's, um, it's cool to see that people are willing to try new stuff and willing to expand and keep growing and seeing what's out there. But I also think that, you know, it's, it's very much a, an individual i i don't like mushrooms anymore i don't i don't enjoy an anxiety rushy sort of trippy experience where where i feel uh, uh lost or confused or or I, i'm already anxious and wound up enough i don't need anything that takes me to that level i don't even like particular kinds of strains of cannabis because of they have a little bit of that effect at times that get me a little more animated than i want to be high rather than stoned if you will but it's and again, that's because I very specifically take it. I don't eat edibles at certain times of the day, but at other times, that's exactly what I want. And it's it, to me, there's nothing more versatile than cannabis and nothing that I think can help you as opposed to, you know, potentially impact you quite as much as cannabis. Um, although I will say I do know some friends who've had some great experiences and are really liking things like mushrooms in small doses and think very highly of it medicinally. Um, don't have enough to fully say how much you should or shouldn't or which varieties are the way to do that. But um, definitely something that that may work for a certain amount of people as well. Yeah. And I mean, uh, when it comes to cannabis, uh, I mean, I've read the studies on the on the Internet. I've I've heard that, um, you know, people just don't have any sort of proof at all that anybody has ever done anything like an overdose on cannabis. Like there's no. I mean, you just smoke a lot of weed and you go to sleep. That's basically okay, so what, I, what I've read. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain. Explain a cannabis overdose. What's what we call in the industry is we call greening out in the culture. And what happens is, oh, I smoke too much weed. Now I'm kind of hot. Now I'm kind of sweaty. I feel a little bit dizzy. Uh oh, I think I'm going to throw up. 
oh, I feel a little anxious. I feel a little nervous. Oh, I might throw up again. I'm hot, sweaty. Oh, maybe I need something to eat. Oh, maybe I need something to drink. Yeah, no. Okay, now I need some sleep for a little while. What you really need is you need some like some vitamin C. You need a little bit of time. You need some water. You need a little bit of rest. You just need to let your body, because your body's gone into a little bit of shock and it's just sort of resisting what's happening and you've over consumed a little bit too much. And in about 45 minutes, you're going to either not start to have, have expelled everything you need to expel and or the sweats are going to be starting to pass. The worst case you're going to be is, oh, my God, I need to go to bed and you sleep for the day. You'd be kind of maybe a little groggy, a little bit woozy. Maybe even the worst case, you wake up what we call a little herb hangover where the next day you feel a little bit slow moving. And that's about it. So you don't go into liver failure, basically, is what you're saying. You do not go into liver failure. You don't go into kidney failure. You're not going to have a heart attack. You're not going to die. You're not going to have a stroke. You're not going to have any of these things that, oh, my God, I had to the police officer who ate the brownies that had to call 911 because they thought they were going to (laughs) die. You're not. I had, unfortunately, I'll tell the story of my 80 year old stepfather who um, who I said, look, this will help you a little bit, just a tiny little bit. This is some this is some distillate. This is concentrated. This is 90 plus percent. You need like point one half a half a half a mill half a point of a milliliter every day like the size of like a grain of rice or smaller just a little tiny little bit on your tongue or in with your food that's all i want you to take and then you're good well the little syringe that it was in the one full one milliliter syringe that it was in there squirted out a little bit hard because the plunger was hard to move and the and he didn't want to waste it so we ate over half um over half a little, keep a 0.6 of a milliliter. Doesn't mm. sound like much, but this is very, very strong. And it was about 12, well, probably about 12 times the size of the dose that he needed to have. But he also didn't want to eat, eat, waste the ice cream that he put it on. So it kind of his own fault for being a dummy, but is what it is. 45 minutes or half an hour later, I get a phone call. Uh, so he's not doing so well. Uh, maybe you should come over there. And I'm over there trying not to laugh a little bit because he's going through it. And I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is how you're feeling. This, he's like, Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay, and this is what's going to happen next. And then you're going to start to feel like this. And then you're going to be asleep. And he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, oh, I was throwing up and I feel so, whoa, woozy and spinny and like nervous. I'm sweating and anxious. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I talk to my mom for a second. And I come back in and he's asleep. Like, I said 45 minutes. It was 44 minutes he was asleep in. And, and then he woke up. He slept the night, had a great night's sleep. Woke up the next day. In the first couple hours, he was like a little bit like, whew, man, <laughs> that shit was no joke. And after that, he was fine. Yeah. I mean, and, and just for the, for the whole point there, I, was, I, I, I just was saying the liver failure stuff. And because, again, I was comparing it to alcohol and the fact that it's pretty obvious you can freaking kill yourself with alcohol. And if you, you were to give these people, I mean, maybe if they smoked a few joints, it might help them, to be honest, dude, just to get over like pe- some people who have addictions, maybe that would help them, you know, weather the storm a bit. Well, a lot of people that we're seeing in the downtown east side, because you've got a massive opiate overdose situation going on here in Vancouver and of course all across the country and throughout North America, the world. But opiate problem is this epidemic is literally claiming lives left, right and center. Multiple people dying, you know, hospitalized every every day just here in Vancouver, just in the downtown east side, just a few blocks from here. 
and what there's there's some um, there's a cannabis substitution project. There's also uh, uh, another uh, project out here where they're doing an exchange edible exchange program where you bring us your opiates, we'll give you cannabis, or they're selling it at like incredibly discounted, like one dollar cookies or something. Make it to the point where some of these people who are struggling, some of the homeless, some of them can't afford, can take cannabis instead. And they're finding it actually that cannabis, yes, is a gateway drug to getting off of opiates. It is one of the most successful and best ways that you can get off because it can not only replace a lot of pharmaceuticals and, you know, all these other things that we take in our lives, but it can also help with some of the physical pain, some of the easing off of some of those horrible drugs and what they can do to you. But then also with your, you know, your health and mental well-being and your your overall happiness going forward. I've known several people and I've talked to people on my show. Like, yeah, I used to do tons and tons of heroin and then I found weed and now I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. And and another misconception, I guess, which is being, you know, challenged right now with our generation, I suppose, is this idea that, I mean, I mean, you had those, those old Cheech and Chong movies, which were kind of funny, but they also really played into a stereotype there. You know, they were Mexican, they were, they were stoners, but to the point where they were non-productive, mostly in society. And there's just, it's like you, you, when you take, or, or the hippies and, you know, you had Nixon who started the war on drugs and something that was actually just a war on the hippies, to be honest. And, uh, he, I mean, when you, it's not a gateway drug to just, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, uh, tune out and drop out when you, when you smoke a joint or smoke a joint, you can, you can do the, you can smoke joints the same way you can, you know, have a beer occasionally and it's not, it's not going to lose your job, anything like that. It's not a gateway drug to, you know, being a, uh, I don't know, a social, uh, non, uh, non-producing, guy who does nothing you you know like reference joe rogan again you know you can stab yourself in the eye with forks should we make forks illegal (laughs) you 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 get to the point where yeah cannabis can for some people just like anything that you can do to an extreme level and if if you are you know like uh sometimes if you drink too much and you're if you're if you're a dick or if you're a nice person or if you're you know kind of horny or whatever the fuck it is. You like to fight or whatever it is. You get to the point where that can make, you know, where they say, oh, he's drinking. It really shows true colors. Well, cannabis, not necessarily to the same effect, but, but it, it's to me, it's one of those things where you can like, you can be yourself. It keep you relaxed. It keep you enjoyable. It can actually make you a better person. It can give you a, a better overall feel in your life. It can make take away some of your stress and anxiety. Yeah, where well, you don't have to poison yourself with alcohol. Like tobacco is like, oh, I was stressed. Out, I need to smoke. Well, a couple point takes pokes of a of a cigarette will also you know give you a little cancer and a little poisoning and all the other two hundred chemicals that are on there that it's just actually paper that's been sprayed with a bunch of stuff that you're actually smoking, not real tobacco. Uh, whereas cannabis, you know, actually has healing compounds in there and medicinal properties. And you can actually do yourself a favor, not as opposed to do yourself some harm and enjoy your life. I, I honestly, I challenge pretty much anybody who thinks they have an active day and that stoners can't uh, get shit done in a day. Follow me around. 
like good luck trying to keep up with what I do in a day or an event weekend and the, the level of what I function at on cannabis. I've smoked several. I've already smoked on my second joint now um, of some of the best cannabis in the world here while we've been on this podcast. And I'm absolutely ready to go consume several more and finish loading and setting up for my show tomorrow. And I've had several before that throughout the show. I, I am one of those people who you definitely consider a high functioning consumer. I can go all day from, from morning to night. I go 18, 20 hours, 24 hours, smoking joints every 20 minutes, half an hour throughout the day, just doing concentrates, doing dabs, hitting, hitting left, right, and center to the point where some people say, I, I couldn't smoke two or three tokes off a joint and I'll be sleeping for the rest of the day. That's you. This is me. Your cannabis journey, my cannabis journey. And that's what makes it so hard for them to try and control and dictate what's important for us. The culture has been here. The growers have been here. We've been working at this a long time. and We will continue to be fighting for it and making it happen. And the more people who are exposed to cannabis, the better off we'll all be. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it could very well be that the way I mean, obviously, the way it affects you is the way you're kind of wired up. And also um, it, the, the kind of in, if you want to call it intoxication, I'm going to use this with huge quotation marks around it. Right. That the, the effect that it has on you seems to be like. It seems to be more cerebral, like it, I, 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 this is, you know, this is it's like you can it's like you can if you're paying attention, you you can come out of it and then you, you can just go back in. It's not the same as being like you piss drunk. Yeah, you've, you've got it to the point where it's similar. I mean, and plus also a lot of products that you consume don't necessarily have to make you what you might consider intoxicated. I can do CBD dabs all day and smoke high CBD right. strains. that are super, super low in THC, the borderline industrial hemp. But and they say, well, it's not going to get you high. Yeah, but I'm getting medicinal benefits out of that. Yeah, you're getting the anti-inflammation and all that kind of stuff. I'm getting, I'm getting, the, I'm getting the calming effect. I'm getting rid of some of my anxiety. Like I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm still, able, I'm able to eat better. But yeah, I'm not getting high off it. I, I took some capsule that has a little bit of a formulation in it that has a high THC uh, uh, formula in it. That great that some people would put to bed off of half a cap and there's other people who can bomb back two or three of those caps that are twice as strong and still be able to function it it part of it comes down to your level of consumption your frequency with the consumption the types of products you're consuming when and how you're doing it, and your familiarity with it you look at uh look at andre the giant and he said he could drink 105 beers well i know some like six foot six guys who take one who couldn't smoke half a joint with me and they'll be asleep where yeah. I know some, I, 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 I'll introduce you to a couple of four foot 11 girls who will smoke you under the table. Girls taking bong, bong rips fatter than you could possibly believe blowing clouds in your face that you thought were from like those e-cigarettes e and shit. Like, and they'll, and they'll look at you and be like, got another one. Like, so it has very little to do with that. It's more as Alvin, Alvin Iverson so eloquently put it, and I just sort of stumbled over. Um, we talk about practice. Practice? Yeah, practice. The more you do it, the more familiar you are with it, the easier it gets, the more comfortable you are with it, the less it becomes a big deal, the more your body adapts to it, 
basically all that sort of whoa what was me intoxication is more than anything for most people it's their body adjusting to the and and recept and, and absorbing and adapting to uh to these cannabinoids that are being thrown at them almost like they're in shock because they're being been dormant for so long and they're waking up you get someone like me who the only time i'm not consuming virtually is when i'm asleep as soon as i wake up to be just before i go to bed my levels are probably about as topped up as they're going to get because i want them there and i prefer to stay there and i function better there it takes away a bunch of the issues that i have throughout the day if i don't otherwise and i'm able to function at where i need to function and i know a lot of people who are like that but that's not for everybody and that's okay if you just want to come home or at night have a couple little puffs or something at lunch to calm you down or so you can eat or or you hit it once in a while just for something fun it it that's all okay where there's no like should be no scale of the well you know this person can smoke this much so this person will feel this way and it's no everyone's going to have a different reaction with the different level of terpenes with the different level of cannabinoids that are in there just like well you know when you're eating things uh, uh, or drinking a little bit you, know, you find like well it didn't hit me this hard this time oh i guess i had eaten before i had something to drink or you know depending on the level of sleep level of stress depending on your the bio rhythms of your body and what your your comp your makeup is like at that point is going to be the exact rates of how you're actually absorbing and what you're absorbing and how much of it at the time as opposed to how much you're processing out it it gets to the point where there is no one formula that's just right for everybody. You have to go out, experience cannabis, do a little bit of trial and error, maybe get some help, some expert advice from uh, some people who've been around this before and help and can guide you through and maybe kind of curate the experience and bring you in with, okay, you want to achieve this objective. These are the products that will work best for that. Here's how you go about them. Here's how you start your way in, baby steps. You can always consume more. But it's tough to unconsume it once you have consumed it. If you're going to eat edibles, eat a little bit. Wait anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours. Then maybe have a little bit more. Don't eat all of it all at once if you've never done it before. You, know, you can always smoke another bong toke or you can always smoke another joint or take, it, take a couple puffs, put it out. Ease your way in. Set yourself up where you're not about to operate heavy machinery or, or do anything you know, with the kids or with the family or... or so-called dangerous if it's your first time coming out maybe maybe you want to just have a nice controlled based simple environment that will be comfortable and familiar for you in case you oh too much i'm throwing up i don't want to be doing that somewhere else whereas other times you might be like hey this is really good i've i've helped a lot of people consume cannabis for the first time or get over some of their stigmas by saying okay i'm going to give you a little bit of this then i'm going to give you a little bit of that and then we're going to finish off with this. And I'm doing it because this will trigger this, this will trigger that, and this will finish this way. And people look at that and goes, wow, I didn't know it could be like this. And I said, well, welcome to the club, bro. Cool. Awesome. Hey, listen, Craig, uh, thanks so, so much for being on the show and talking to us a bit about uh, cannabis culture and about uh, cannabis uh, laws and the whole deal. 
I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you so much for having me here on the Share a Slice podcast. Uh, make sure you check me out every Thursday at 420 on Expert Joints Live over at expertjoints.com, pot.tv, Cannabis Life Network, the Cannabis Culture Facebook page. I'm over there on YouTube as well, too. And then, of course, expertjoints.com is the website, and at expertjoints is where you'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, on Instagram. I appreciate you having me, and... Uh, also, the final place, saveonradio.com from 2 to 4 on Friday afternoons. And But I got to go get ready for the next episode, episode 134, calling it Toking with Bay, Instagram or Bong Bay, products from Master Tokes, and tips from Pedro's Grow Room. Make sure you toke up a tune in Thursdays at 420. Awesome. Cool. That's good, man. That was great. Thank you. Thanks a lot for being on the show. I'll, I'll let you go, and I'll uh, let you know when it goes out. Sounds good, brother. Thanks, dude. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Well, that's about it for this episode. I'd like to thank Craig for being on the show. I encourage you to go check out his website. It's in the show notes. You you also heard him plug all this stuff as well. Check it all out. It is great. Um, yeah, and... Uh, Check out uh, Share a Slice podcast over uh, on the internet and check Slices podcast on Twitter. And also, please, please check out the Instagram because I'm posting short videos there where uh, I have sort of like extracts from favorite episodes. So those are good, too. You'll be able to sort of get an idea of what each episode is. Um yeah, and in addition to all that, I've started reading reviews that I'm getting on um, iTunes, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever, email. Please, please keep those coming. They help me uh, get up in the morning and continue doing this work, um, you know, help me go to my day job so I can go to this work. Um, and here is the most recent review. It's from May the 22nd. And it comes from B. Dam. It says, My first podcast. I have been not listening to any podcasts until this one. Sean does a great job with this series and picks some amazing people and topics to showcase. He has a smooth style, and the podcast is fun, informative, and easy to listen to. I have recommended it to a few friends and would recommend it to just about anyone. So thanks so, so much, uh, B-Dam. Um, you know, this helps me out mentally, at least. Um, I've been toying with starting a Patreon account um, just because I'm releasing so much more content these days that it's sort of starting to rack up charge-wise on, uh, on the hosts. So I guess if, if anyone thinks they might be inclined to throw a dollar or two at me for that. It really doesn't need to be a lot of listeners. It would really, really help out. Um, that and I would like to get a, um, a Ringer account um, so that I can record uh, really nice sounding wave files on the cell phone or the computer of the person I'm talking to on the other end. Um, I think that would help the sound quality of the other person on the line a lot which would help you guys i think and um it definitely would help me to figure out how i'm recording people because that's a big a big pain and uh, eventually i would love to get hosting covered and i would love to 
maybe get a travel budget would be fantastic because there's a huge, huge difference between um, being in person and being on the phone, just a giant uh, difference. So, you know, if, if I had a travel budget, uh, even a minimal one, then I would be able to take the train or the plane to where I need to go to interview the, the guest. If it's a, it's a high profile guest who does not want to dork around on, on their computer, etc. So yeah, I mean, I guess just let me know if you think that, um, this is something that you would consider. I put a poll up on Twitter. No one responded. That kind of made me a bit sad. So I took it down. So yeah, basically, um, let me know. Okay. Enough begging for now. Um, thanks so much to everybody who's listening and, uh, yeah, uh, join me again for the next episode. It ought to be a good one. Have a great day. Bye. Come on, man. Get with it. Under the proddings of the gang, the effects of the atmosphere and beer, the desire to belong, he chooses to go along. John surrenders his dignity and lays his future on the chopping block. Not whether it's good or bad or right or wrong. But if he stopped to think, he would see the stupidity of it all. Now he's too involved to think. He's having kicks. He's away and flying. Up, up, out of this world.